Tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show, and right off the bat, we got a bear story. Mm-hmm. Bears, and and it's a bears popcorn theft. Okay. Yep. To bears. When you see these headlines, I'm surprised they didn't include the Bruins popcorn theft. <laughs> I know. You know. They have to bury that further down in the story. They, right. If they try to show their intellectualism right off the bat, the, the editor sends it back to him and says, listen, use the word bear, please. Yeah, there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a North Carolina family watched and recorded video as a bear invaded their Tennessee cabin grounds, broke into a vehicle, and stole a bag of popcorn. Tanish Pinnick's posted a series of videos to Facebook showing the bear that arrived outside their rental cabin in the Gatlinburg area. Penix recorded as the bear investigated the vehicles parked outside the cabin and was eventually able to open the door of an unlocked van. The bear took a bag of popcorn from inside the van before leaving the area. She said the family later learned the bear had broken into another nearby car and stolen a bag of chips. Pinnick said the, the in, <laughs> she's going to the movies is what it is. She's got to have snacks. Uh, <laughs> Pinnick said the incident was an educational experience. Quote, don't leave anything in your car. <laughs> right. Lock the door. Here we go. Yeah. If the van door is locked, he can't get in. That's now, granted, right. you know, think about it, Mark, a bear. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're not being real uh, easy on the upholstery, you know, no. when they're grabbing stuff. No, they're not. And the wow. thing is, how many videos have we seen of bears going from car to car and grabbing mm-hmm. the door handles? They've learned yeah. yep. that that's how you get in. That's where the goodies are. So yep. they're going in after the goodies. Unbelievable. Yep. You know, I was watching that series alone. I told you about that yeah. kind of freaked me out. And, yeah. and I only, I've only watched one season of it, and it was a place where they had a lot of bears. Mm. And they, they, being the TV show producers, gave all these alone people um, like a, a horn thing that, that makes noise right. to scare away a bear because right. bears are, you know, they are afraid of loud noises. And I'm thinking the bears up around Gatlinburg and in other areas that have a lot of people, I bet they're not nearly as afraid of us as no. we are of them. You no, know, I've, I've seen them. I've seen video of bears just off the main drag, like up and up a side mm-hmm. street or up an alley going through a dumpster with people, people <laughs> walking by. You know, it's just <laughs> he's he's dumpster diving and the homeless people are going, dang on, we can't have anything to ourselves. <laughs> Life Radio FM. It's the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, um, as we get ready for the holiday season and it is kicking off this. I think this is the weekend that the holidays kick off. Hmm. because you know kids now in public school they're out for thanksgiving for the whole week most of them are yeah yeah. not all but most when you and i were in school um we would get off that you know thursday and friday yeah and that would be it that's it but now it's they do the whole week which i don't have a problem with i really don't i've always wondered about the day before thanksgiving you know the Hmm. wednesday before like when we would be in school we would get out wednesday afternoon and be excited that we had four days off, but it's like Thanksgiving's the next day. So any yeah. travel you've got to do is going to happen, you know, mm, on Thanksgiving anyway. day. Yeah. Or that night. Right. Yeah. It seems like it, yeah. but anyway, I just think it's kind of neat that this does feel kind of like the, cu- the, the cusp we're on the cusp of a holiday week. <laughs> and uh, so there you go. At least that's how I'm yeah. feeling. Am I alone in that? I don't think so. I am. Okay. And I feel that way because I've been seeing black Friday ads for a week already. Right. You know? It's, yeah. 
And hey, you know what has always stuck at my craw is in planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's in New York. Uh, Steve Martin is he and John Candy. They yeah. start in New York. He's trying to get back to Chicago, and that's where the mess begins. And he's trying to make it back, you know, because the next day is Thanksgiving, right? Right. Is is it on Wednesday that they're in there, or is it? I, Tuesday? I don't know. It's been a long time since I've watched it. It has to be before yeah. then, because the ne- because his daughter Marnie was having the school play that he missed. Yes. The Thanksgiving Day play. So that was the Wednesday. Back then, that was the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday week, I guess. Okay. Because he's in New York, got to make it back home, got the play, and then Thanksgiving the next day. So right. there yeah. you go. Okay. All right. All right. It's still weird, you know, when you look back at it now, and that was only in the late eighties. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it has been a fairly new thing to be off for the whole week. Yeah. And 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 now because you brought that up on my list for today is to watch planes, trains, and automobiles. There it's, you go. It's been too long. Yeah, it has. And one last little thing. Yeah. I actually worked with a guy. I can name him now because he's not in the industry. He's, he sells motorhomes, the big ones, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, John Stewart. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Stewart was the program director for Magic 96 when I was the program director for the Wild Cow. <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> when uh, I had this way of managing that was a little different, I gave employees a lot of responsibility for their own show. You want to do it? Show me how you're going to do it. You know, yeah. I'll help you. Um, John was the opposite. You know, he was just, here's my thumb. Here's your head. <laughs> day in day out here this and, is uh, what you're doing today yeah <laughs> yeah and he, he had the the morning show was robin shannon and it was always a top three four morning show until oh, yeah. we came along until the mark and mac show they had a locked on adult contemporary morning oh, and then the mark yeah. and mac show came in and all of a sudden boom they were yep. it was they went yep. eighth or ninth but anyway before us they were in the top three and most people had Friday off work. You know, you got the Friday mm-hmm. sales back then. Yeah. They didn't open Thursday night. They opened up Friday morning at 6 a.m. kind of thing. And so I thought, and I, my employees, if they wanted the day off, they could have it. You know, just I would give it to them. Unless you have something you have to do, which none of them did, I'm going to give you this day off because it's not a holiday. It's right. the day after a holiday. But yeah. good grief, man. Go be with your family. You know, yeah. I didn't want them to have to come to work. It's radio for crying out loud. And, and, and there's nobody listening. I mean, it's right. that Friday. Everybody's busy. Yeah, everybody is busy. They're out shopping. They're you know the kids are out of school. It, the the listening mm-hmm. habits are completely different yes. that day. So and I yeah. always thought, why not? You know, if yeah. we have the ability to be off, let's be off anyway. But I, that was my attitude. That was not John's attitude. Mm-hmm. And thing is, <laughs> his attitude was, well, it's not a vacation. If you want Friday off, you have to take a vacation day. Mm. And it's like, but we've worked hard all year. How many free things? You know, it, it was that battle every time. And I was yeah. like, the difference in management styles. I was like, take the day. Now, I had to go to work because mm-hmm. my boss wouldn't let me have it off. Right. But I had the power to let my employees off. So yeah. there you go. I mean, huh. in the way things are today, I mean, mm-hmm. they can show up not on computers. Monday and not be there all week. Yeah. Right. They go but in you know, and voice funny. track their shifts and that's all. Them. And they could do it from home for Pete's yep. sake. You know? But you and I actually remember we had a, a couple of times we looked at it differently. One time we actually went in and did our morning show on <laughs> yeah. Friday morning. And yes. We started off because we wanted people, if you're in line, whatever, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, exactly. give us a call. The thing is, is back then, um, it was in the days way after transistor radios, but way before smartphones. Right. Yeah. And so people that were standing in line to go into a store, well, mm. they didn't have a way of no, listening unless no. somebody had a boom box. Right. Yeah. That's it. Golly gee. So it was a dead morning that morning. We were like, we're not doing this. Again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 
LifeRadio.fm. Mark and Mac show as we have uh, now taken our whole vacation time right here on the show. <laughs> I do. I feel like that last break was just our heads up that, yeah, we're going to be on vacation. All right, Mark. Yeah, we won't uh, be here next Thursday and Friday. Yeah, <laughs> probably not Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Just saying. But all right. New York Zoo hosts yeah. first successful elephant twin birth. Mm-hmm. Now, it's saying this is the first time it's ever happened, and I'm just thinking, we've had zoos and elephants for a long time. Yeah. First time in the United it seems States, like, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine this it being a first, but wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, a New York Zoo said an Asian elephant at, the, at their facility became the first in the United States to successfully give birth to healthy twins. The Rosamond Guilford Zoo in Syracuse said the mother elephant, Molly, gave birth to male twins without complications on October 24th. The zoo said elephant twins account for less than 1% of births, and often the babies are stillborn or too weak to survive. Wow. So that would be your okay. why right there. The that mother also often dies in childbirth. Molly's second calf was noticeably weaker than its twin, but its condition was improved with attention from the zoo's animal care team and veterinary staff. Um, The birth marked the first successful delivery of elephant twins in the United States. The, uh, let's see, who is this guy? Uh, County Executive Ryan J. McMahon said, this is truly a historic event for the zoo and our community. I couldn't be prouder of our exceptional animal care team, the support of the veterinary staff, and their tremendous dedication to Molly and the twins. The important research happening right here at the zoo will have a significant impact worldwide on behalf of this magnificent uh, magnificent endangered species. Wow. Was, that's, uh, that's cool. I was talking to my mom yesterday. We, were, we had a road trip yesterday. And uh, on the road trip, she was talking about watching all these she she watches a lot of these uh, these nature things, and she's big on elephants. She's just got this thing about elephants, and mm-hmm. she was telling me that when an elephant is born, the uh, the whole community of elephants, the whole uh, the whole herd of elephants, um, kind of adopts it, it, treats it as their child, and they're so dedicated that all of <laughs> all of the females in the in the herd will all lactate when somebody gives birth. So they all treat, I mean, it's all, it's like, it's all their baby. Right. And they, and they're all very protective of that, of that new baby elephant. All of them are. And to the point that if a new baby, a a baby is born a couple of years after the last one, sometimes the, the older young elephant will pick on the younger one because the, the other one's not getting attention anymore. It's not the baby of the, of the herd anymore. Well, now the new baby's getting all the attention. So the other elephant's jealous. And we'll wow. start picking on the on the new baby elephant, and oh. the adult elephants will surround the baby and say, "No, you're not picking oh, on this wow. elephant." Yeah, they're cool. That's pretty. I will cool. tell you what. Yeah, what gets me though, and it will happen now that we've talked about this. Yeah, I'm having to avoid it right now. Okay, I'll end up watching a video on YouTube of <laughs> a group of elephants gathering together to save an elephant that's fallen down a ditch. Right. Mm-hmm, yes. And that will lead to all the other great <laughs> elephant stories. And it's like all I can think of watching these is there are morons in this world that are killing these animals yeah, for their tusks. Yeah, you know? They are. And it's like, I don't get it, man. How can you be so, mm-hmm. so short-sighted and so small-thinking that you yeah. think money is worth this? And there yeah. are people that do it, and it bothers me, and we ought to have more done because these are they're God's creatures. They're just amazing. Yeah. And how can you do that? But you're mm-hmm. right now. I'm I'm almost like jonesing to get my elephant videos now. Just, uh, <laughs> just throwing it out there. You know? We know what you'll be doing. <laughs> yes.
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. You know, a lot of people um, already decorating yards and things for mm-hmm. Christmas. And uh, I, every year I've given it thoughts of, I should decorate, Mark. Yeah. But then I think better of it because I'm like, not only would I have to go through all the rigmarole of putting it up, then I got to go through all the rigmarole of pulling it down. Right. And at some point in time there, I am Chevy Chase hanging onto the side because <laughs> I've stapled my shirt sleeve to it, you That's know? That's right, yeah. So anyway, so any kind of Christmas light story does get my attention, just mm, FYI. Yeah. Well, we talked about the uh, the Osborne family lights the other day, remember? Right. And, yeah. uh, and and what happened to that. And it turns out there's this couple in the in the U.K., that have gotten big into the Christmas light thing. And mm-hmm. they've turned on a huge Christmas lights display outside the house. And they say, man, they're just going to take the hit on the huge energy bill because mm-hmm. they're doing this to raise money for charity. Apparently they take donations when people come to see it. Helen and John Adelsey decorated, uh, decorate their house in Soham, Cambridgeshire every year to raise money for charities, which supported their grandson, Jacob. Uh, they began rigging their home with hundreds of festive lights back in September and only finished around a week ago. So despite the rising cost of electricity, the couple says they still feel that they have to put this incredible display on. Um, Mrs. Adelsey says uh, the bills will be, she says, the bills will be dearer, <laughs> the same as everyone else. We'll just have to take the hit, really. It takes around three weeks to take the lights down quicker than putting them up they say uh her hubby says our grandson jacob had epilepsy when he was six and that was terminal great ormond street carried out an an operation and saved his life and dream flight helped him afterwards and that's why we do the lights for them just for charity to raise money to help them he said Hmm. the couple has been determined to carry on with the display which involves hundreds of illuminated figures animals so snowmen and santas well there you go yeah Hmm. pretty cool I wonder if when they sw- flip the switch to turn it all off, if the area browns out like it did for Clark yeah, Griswold. I, know. <laughs> I think about that. You know, again, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody for what they do, decorating their house, you know, yeah. for these things. But I will tell you, I've noticed the uptick in Halloween decorations mm-hmm. to the point where, look, if that's your thing, fine. But every time I scrape the surface a little bit further, I'm like, I just can't do it. Okay. Yeah, I, I just yeah, can't. I just you. Give me the candy, mm. but all the rest, I just, I can, I can go along with it if it's candy, but right. decorate for Christmas. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Decorate for the 4th of July, decorate for Christmas, you know, okay, but leave it at that. You know, it's time to get there. If you've got inflatables in your yard, eight months out of the year, you might want to rethink things, you know, over near my mom's house, about a, about a block and a half away from my mom's house. Somebody's got those giant skeletons you know, that have become popular yeah. in the last few years. Yeah. They've got like three or four of those things, some smaller skeletons, some mm-hmm. different things, and a giant oog- inflatable oogie boogie from the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> and it's still up in their yard. It's still yeah. up and going. They have to plug all that stuff in and light it up and get the, you know, the fans blowing and all that. It, they've got it up running. And I, I mentioned it to my mom. She said, well, they spent so much money on it. They're just getting their money's yep. worth out of it is all they're doing. life radio fm the mark and mac show and you know mark one thing that has really changed in our lifetime the size of people's feet yeah i don't know you i'm sure you've noticed this because when we were younger even though you're a few years older than i am we generationally we grew up in the same type of time right but 
when we were kids, if you're if you had a size eight, nine, you were normal. That was mm-hmm. average. Yeah. If you had a size 10, 11, 12, you're, you had big feet. Right. And if like I had, I've got wide feet too. So, you know, that triple E it's like, yeah. holy moly. Remember that? They yeah. don't even sell. They don't, I don't even think that they even do the width thing when they measure your foot anymore. It's just, oh, yeah, he's got a big foot. I don't even you know, know if they measure your foot anymore. I mean, because yeah. I was just thinking, I remember as a kid going, my mom taking me to the shoe store and that was a thing. We had yeah. shoe stores oh, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. something that's rare. Unless you go to an outlet center, you don't see right. shoe stores anymore. Yeah. You know, so they measure your foot and had that would, really weird they, thing. Yeah. They had a the little thing that would measure your foot and, mm-hmm. and the, you know, the, up next to your big toe and you know, yeah. measuring all the different aspects and then go, go to the back room and find the, the size that fits your feet. Mm-hmm. And but then I, they'd have to come and try them on. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I after have all the measuring. You have wide feet. I have narrow feet. And so the, oh, okay. the and so, and I, I have narrow feet and I have flat feet. That's another thing. So, oh. yeah. So wow. being on my feet a while is a, is torture for me, but mm-hmm. the, uh, but I remember that and Buster Brown shoes and, yeah. you know, all the ads. And, and I remember all that. And now you, you go buy shoes in Walmart or, mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and I, I remember you talking about larger shoes when, I mean, my son Joe wears like size 12s. Right. And I used to think, well, that's crazy. Yeah. No, right. he wears size 12s. He yep. really does. Yeah. And, and, and well, then we wider and, though. and wider widths. You see them. You right. see these wide widths all the time now, and you never used to see those. It's unless, because of the daggone stuff they put in the food we eat. I, yeah. I know that's what it is. I'm serious hmm. because Mike, but my brother Mike and I, we had big feet. Okay. Yeah. Now our feet are normal in terms of size. Right. You got a size 11, 12. That's yeah. the norm. Yeah. It, and I, I really do believe it's because. Of the um, steroids they use in chickens to produce, you know, ch- to go from egg to fryer, and you know, instead mm. of sixteen weeks, it's four weeks. Yeah. Um, then these are things allowed by the government. I'm not going the sure. conspiracy route. Right. These yeah. are just facts, and I think that's what it is. I think it's a, you know, they use it for cows with milk production, and mm-hmm. you know, all the other things. And I really do believe that that's why we, if you really want to point to that one thing and say, well, come on, Dave, what backs up your, what gives you the idea? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Because again, why is it that for decades size eight was the size of an average, uh, the average size for a man's foot, mm-hmm. and now it's eleven? You know yeah. that doesn't make any sense. So yeah. anyway, whenever I see a story about um, a foot size thing, I do think that I think we're in the steroid era, kind of yeah. like baseball did. You know, <laughs> you had the, the like Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame because of steroids. Right. Yes. I think these world records need to come into question because of steroids used in the food. Just saying. Yeah, instead of the long ball, we've got the bigger foot. <laughs> well, think about it. You got Mark McGuire and uh, who set you know the season record that first has been broken since then. You got all these guys in the steroid era that broke the home run records and. Boom, they're not in the Hall of Fame because people are like, those aren't real records. I think right. the same thing might be true here for when you deal with foot size. <laughs> Sorry, if it was before 1980, okay. Yes. Then, but after that, they need an asterisk next to it like baseball. I I'll be right. the Ford Frick of Guinness Book of World Records. Put an asterisk <laughs> next to that thing. Oh, that's just crazy. <laughs> All right. So. What is that? It's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't know, Dad. It looks like a lamb. By the way, just a technical note. It helps a lot if you turn the thing up before you push the button. Uh, a Texas yeah. woman who stands six feet, nine inches hey, tall. your big foot was in the way. Yeah, it was. A Texas woman who stands at six feet and nine inches tall. 
was awarded wow. a Guinness World Record for having the world's largest feet. Guinness World Records announced that Tanya Herbert of Houston was bestowed the title of largest feet on a living person, female, after her right foot was measured at 13.03 inches long and her left foot was measured at 12.79 inches long. Herbert Mark, wears a woman's... I'm a little concerned that yeah. they had to point out on a living person. Are we going into graveyards and measuring people's feet? Is that what we're doing to That's have a separate that, one? That category is things I don't want to know for 20. Okay. Um, <laughs> Herbert, Herbert wears a woman's size 18 shoes or a men's size 16, 17, depending on the brand. Wow. Uh, she stands only three inches shorter than the tallest woman living, Rumesha Galji of Turkey. We talked about her the other day. Yeah. You know, who had her first flight she's seven foot seven inches tall mm-hmm. herbert said she was uh, she has to shop for shoes online since no stores carry products large enough for her feet she said other large-footed women she met online offered her some tips so she doesn't have to exclusively dress in men's shoes she she told guinness world records i would buy some of the largest shoes i could find online and manipulate those to extend them out a little longer or make them a little wider so they'd fit my feet bless her heart yeah i mean that is a real problem think about it i mean if you want to get out and about having comfortable shoes or at least shoes that fit mm-hmm. properly is a big part of being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But on the upside, she can barefoot ski like nobody's business. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And hey, man, you know, a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about big feet yeah. and the woman with the world. And I'm I'm not being funny here. Well, maybe so. I wonder how bad they stank. You know, if do bigger feet stink more than little feet? You know, I, I'm just curious. It's not like I want to smell it, but you know, I'm sure she'd be happy to, to let yeah. you test on your own. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. I'll take her word for it. You know, Doctor Scholl needs to go into overtime. All right. Um, in our theme of dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Um, we don't have a bear on the commuter tracks, train tracks in New York. We yeah. got a kitten. Yeah. A little kitten rescue. Mm-hmm. Passengers on a New York commuter train were temporarily delayed when employees ventured out onto the tracks to rescue a wayward kitten. The Metropolitan Transport Authority said the engineer on the 9.40 a.m. train from North White Plains to Grand Central Terminal on the Metro North Harlem line reported a kitten on the tracks at the Fordham Station in the Bronx. Rescuers from Long Island Cat Kitten Solution were summoned by a pair of witnesses who heard the kitten mewing from the tracks. John DeBackler, uh, DeBacker vice president of the rescue group said in a group uh, said a group of mta officers were able to cut power to the metro north line temporarily halting train activity and allowing the officers to venture out onto the tracks to receive re- retrieve the tiny feline <laughs> every time the yep. mta said train service was only interrupted for about 10 minutes the kitten was mm-hmm. taken to last hope incorporated animal rescue and rehabilitation uh-huh wait a minute and next week sweet and sour chicken brought to you by the mta <laughs> they put the kitten in rehab what yeah <laughs> hey you know what mark he knew better and uh <laughs> <laughs> he was clearly under the influence of something if yes. he wandered out onto the tracks <laughs> life radio.fm the mark and mac show 
So far, we've had the, the bear breaking into cars. We got an elephant twins being born, uh, the kitten rescue in New York City. And now, friends and neighbors, 10,000 mink loose. Now, <laughs> mink. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what is this? 10,000 mink loose. I mean, it's just like the mink are on the loose. Right. I'm- <laughs> Vandals freed thousands of mink at a rural northwest Ohio farm, leaving an estimated 10,000 of the small carnivorous mammals unaccounted what? for Tuesday Wait a evening. Yes. Can there be a Bruin in this thing <laughs> being know. chased by the equine? <laughs> we haven't come up. I don't. I, mink is all we have. I don't know that there's any. Okay. And so I guess what they had to do was this person said, uh, um, I can't find any word for the mink. It's carnivorous mammal. That's it. Wow. Van Wert County Sheriff Thomas Riggenbach said so many minks were killed crossing a nearby road that a plow was brought in to help clear the carcasses oh. away. The property oh. owner initially estimated 25,000 to 40,000 mink were released from their cages at Lion Farms. But, wow. um, but Rittenbach says the employees at the farm were able to uh, corral many of the ones that remained on the property, which is less than 15 miles from the Indiana state line. He re- he declined to discuss any potential motive for the overnight vandalism or say whether any suspect has been identified as his office investigates. But a farm manager says somebody left a spray-painted message of the letters ALF and the phrase, we'll be back. A group known as the Animal Liberation Front had previously oh. claimed credit for releasing a much smaller number of mink at the farm in a previous incident years ago. And I know what wow. you were thinking. You were thinking, hey, hey, and you were thinking it was Alf from the TV show and yeah, showed up and let the let all the mink loose. Wow. <laughs> now, you know, Mark. Yes. Okay. I understand these these people from they're they're into, you know, freeing animals and, and they have a, a thing there. And I got you. Okay. Yeah. And in in the doing their what they believe is their duty, uh, they're breaking the law and, and creating damage for the people who make money on these things. But mm. you would think if they were going to go to all this trouble, you know, to damage this guy and the business he run, that they would concern themselves about the mink that are going to be crossing a road. Because <laughs> if you are killing these people, are directly responsible for the death and destruction of thousands of so many mink right. that they had to use a bulldozer to come in right. and get them get the carcasses off the road. Now, what do you think is going to happen with those? You know what? They're going to hose them off with a fire hose. <laughs> they're going to dry them out, and they're going to make them into little little coats and capes. There you go. So, you can open a discount mink store. <laughs> yes. They're going to use these little mink things, and they're going to make little baby capes for super rich people, you know? That's what they're going to do. So, basically, hey, you know what? It's really bad to kill baby mink, you know? But now that you've done it for us, we're going to make a bundle on this. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark i have wondered uh and i'm I'm not being silly here okay i've wondered because we have so many ways of tracking things digitally now Mm -hmm. um remember the little iphone uh the tracker thing that people put on stuff and they're being used by really evil people to you know like stalk girls and stuff by slipping a little tag what do they call those tags the air tag yeah air tag that's what i was trying to come up with and I was thinking, did Michael Jordan sue iPhone over the AirTag? You know, the Air, the, I don't <laughs> or know. Or Nike, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 
Um, but I would think in this day and age, you know, to because we do have the ability to track things in such a in the digital world that it would be foolish. You know, there's got to be a really simple way to tag your stuff, like mm. your car, you know, yeah. and and there is. And it, it just stands to reason that, you know, you'd be able to that it would slow down car thieves, you know, yeah. thinking. I mean, maybe we ought to run an ad saying, hey, all of our cars are low jack now or something, you know, yeah. and if they're not maybe you ought to, you know the insurance companies could force this mm. put this on your car or we ain't replacing it kind of thing well there is legislation but, in, that's moving through government right now to mm-hmm. put kill switches in all new vehicles right. yeah so yeah you, you would think if they have a kill switch they'd have some sort of tracking involved and that's what you know onstar yeah. does that you know yeah. onstar the paid thing which i i, I wondered because that was my goodness 20 years ago onstar yeah had the ability to cut your car off you know right while you're driving down the road. And I thought, why don't if something like this, that would prevent high speed chases with police. Think about it. If every car had this little thing on there, boom, all you got to do is here's the car lock in, shut it down. Yeah. High speed chase over. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It makes sense. But then again, we have the technology, Mark. Why is it because all I can think of, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be Mr. Crazy. Get the, get the greedy, right. Or, it's got to be money. I mean, when you get right down to it, the or, technology has been here for a quarter of a century. Yeah. We could have already done this. Why or, haven't we? Probably because somebody hadn't figured out a way to make money on or, it. Or that they realize it's an infringement on your liberty and your rights for the government to be able to do that to you. Sure. You know, so. Now, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's the other part of it. Yeah. But turning a car on or off, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I would think that there would be one. Yeah. And you're right. Cause the slippery slope yes. is. Yes, I you would give, argue that yes. you give them at that inch and yeah. look at the miles they will take. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, I'm the guy who actually would argue that. Well, now they're going to do this because I remember mm-hmm. saying it. Well, you know what? Back in the early '80s, I remember on the radio when seatbelt laws were being fought over. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm a seatbelt wearer, and this was before I owned a car one time though that didn't even have seatbelts. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Bottom line here, they were passing this, you know, pushing to have everybody, you know, you have to wear a seatbelt or you're going to get a ticket, whatever. Yeah. And they lied. You'll never be pulled over for it. Blah, blah, blah. Bottom line. I said, you know what? You guys that think this is okay. They're going to come after smoking. They're mm, going to yeah. come after smoking and all it, because if they can get you convinced that you, they can pass a law for you to protect yourself in your car. It's no longer a choice that you have to drive, you know? Right. And sure enough, what did they do? Well, they, the way they got the seatbelt law passed in the states, one by one, they tied federal highway funds to it. Yeah. If your state does not pass this legislation, you will not get your federal funds for your highways, meaning you're not going to be able to finish. Yeah. So that's how they did that one. And what happened? Next thing you know. Boom. They went after cigarettes. Mm-hmm. There you go. And that's Smoking how they do a lot of things. They tie, they tie oh, yeah. government grants and funding to so many things that the state governments say, well, we can't live without that. We've got to pass right. this. So remember when yeah. they did the same thing with them, um, like sweet drinks, sweet carbonated drinks. Yeah. Uh, 10 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. New York. That was another one. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Seattle. Yeah. But, but back to cars mm-hmm. and stuff yes. and tracking cars, yeah. uh, thanks to modern technology, <laughs> A couple of stupid criminals help the cops. <laughs> no! Police have issued an arrest warrant for Daryl Kamen Jr. He's 19 in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania. 
A criminal complaint said an iPhone connection helped the cops identify one of the two people involved in a carjacking. The victim told the police two people followed her off of a bus to her car. She was doing this ride and, you know, drive and ride thing where she parked. You park your car and get on the bus to do the rest of your trip. Right. And she, they followed her from the bus to the car and demanded her cell phone and her keys. Police found the car a couple of hours later, said the people who were inside hopped out and ran. As the investigation unfolded, police said a Westinghouse High School security guard identified one of the suspects, Daryl Kamen, Jr., 19, of Wilkinsburg, from bus surveillance video. Kamen is a former student at the school. Police said another clue came from within the stolen car, which showed a device named Daryl's iPhone was connected ah. to the vehicle. <laughs> An arrest warrant has been issued for Kamen. <laughs> a wow. second suspect hasn't been identified. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. bright. Just hook up your iPhone to the car's sound system so we all know who you are. <laughs> the Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And, you know, I keep forgetting to mention the podcast, which is uploaded. Mark takes care of that every day. So if you, uh, you know, you can listen to it in podcast form and it's wherever your podcast stuff is found. Yeah. <laughs> found wherever you know fine cool. podcasts are uh, Thank uh, you. found. Yes. <laughs> you know, Mark, I saw, um, you know, Joe Rogan, uh, who a lot of us knew Joe Rogan as a host of fear factor back right. in the early two thousands. Right. Yeah. And, uh, not everybody knew that he had done stand up comedy, that that mm -hmm. was his actual thing. Yeah. And, um, so when he started doing a daily podcast, uh, back, 10 12 years ago however long it was it was kind of funny i remember listening to it um remember the tune in radio app yes um i anyway i listened to him on that and uh, it was um it was it was funny i didn't know about his background you know and uh i kind of got hooked on his uh his stuff but he's kind of vulgar obscene and yeah, all is. that yeah but i don't know the tone that so i didn't get hooked on it you know it was just one of the things that i didn't know about him and uh, I found it interesting. Well, now, all these years later, he was podcasting before podcasting was cool, you know? Hmm. And now he makes, what, $100 million a year as a podcaster <laughs> or whatever. Got a but, gigantic, gigantic yeah. deal with Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he does the uh, um, the fighting, the... Uh, yeah. What do you call uh, that? The MMA the fighting. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. M thank you. MMA. But anyway, um, I actually saw... Uh, there's a documentary um, that I was watching the other day, and he was... Uh, talking to the guy um it showed the guy doing an interview with joe rogan on joe rogan's podcast right mm -hmm. and anyway so it had rogan commenting on this guy they were talking about oh ancient pyramids and and there's this, the biggest pyramid is in mexico and all this other stuff okay and it, so it has joe rogan commenting on this you know on this guy and under his name is joe rogan podcaster right and <laughs> i thought how weird it is that in our lifetime an entire you know thing has been created yeah it's like he's a talk show host he does a talk show but it's not just a talk show it's a podcast right isn't that weird yeah. how something like that has changed mm. our entire world we live in yeah I, and it, and it, it's just, just listening habits the way people yeah the people take things in is different i found myself in the last couple of years i i've gotten to the point where when i'm in the car that's pretty much what I listen to is podcasts. Is, is podcasts. I listen yeah. to, I, I listen to us. I listen to the station mm -hmm. and I listen to podcasts. 
And right. like I I listened to Mike Rose podcast, the mm-hmm. Dirty Jobs guy. By the yeah. way, it, it's a great podcast. It's a great just great. Now and then if I see something about Rogan's podcast that I think may be interesting, I'll check his out. But by and large, I mm-hmm. don't listen to his. Yeah. Just because well, you know, I mean, mm. just face it. He started it off just as a way for him and his friends to sit around with cameras rolling and smoke pot. That's pretty much, yeah. that's pretty much the reason he started it. Right. It was just a way for him to just goof off. And mm-hmm. then, and now, <laughs> and he's also yeah. a liberal. He's been a liberal for his entire life. He's just, you know, he is a liberal, but now this, okay, I'll just say it. This dope smoking liberal looks at the world and says, ah, things are going crazy. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> This liberal agenda isn't really working. No. <laughs> yeah. And so he says that out loud now. And yes. those that are still, you know, it's like if you, it, it goes back to the, if you're, you know, not a liberal when you're 20, you have no heart. If you're still a liberal when you're 40, you have no brain, you know, yeah. that type of thinking. That's it. And, you know, but the thing is, is um, when I noticed this about his, the podcast being the title, you're now a podcaster. And all I could think of is, again, when you and I were growing up in this industry and you had certain goals, you know, it depended on what your lifestyle uh, choices were going to be like and where you wanted to end up. But back in the day with radio was the way you found success was um, because you had to move around a lot Mm -hmm. and it was to make yourself make your way to a major market. That's how, you know, based on success or whatever, how good are you? Are you good enough to work in a major market? That was the first goal. The second goal was winning in a major market, you right, know? Yeah. And anyway, those, those goals have all changed now. And it happened during our career. It has changed. Mm-hmm. And it's just weird to see something that has gone so weird. And to the point that when my son, Andrew, uh, you know, of course, grew up around radio and TV stuff. And he decided, you know, while he was in school to make extra money working as a DJ, you know, and he had done that. And, uh, he was doing nights at Star 94 in Atlanta, and uh, the day part he was doing was 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., which means in Atlanta, you got the last hour of uh, afternoon drive, yeah. you know, and the roads are pretty crazy there, And then, uh, but he was doing that, and he was, like, com- talking to me, okay? Yeah. He was like, but who listens to the radio? And I'm like, dude, you're, you're in the biz, you know, you you can't say that out loud, man. People listen. And he's like, I just don't, he doesn't listen that way. You know, he didn't. And that's why he just assumed like we all do. If I don't do it, nobody does it. If I do it, everybody does it. So it is weird. Listening habits have changed, but still the daily radio or TV thing that you watch has changed in its method of delivery and everything else. And I don't think that's bad. I think it's just something that you have to, you know, kind of reconfigure your life in, in a lot of ways. Well, but it just hit me as odd that he would be listed as a podcaster. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is that let's let's say Rogan had a, a radio show, like uh, like any number of people that we know of who has a yeah. radio show, and he gets syndication. Right. Well, what's his potential audience? Its potential audience is the potential audience of the number of radio stations he's syndicated to. Right. He's a podcaster. His potential audience is the entire planet. There you go. Planet Earth. Yep. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show, and 
this is where we were headed a minute ago when we got sidetracked into the Rogan podcast. Thing, yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> story of our life here. Wait a minute. Shiny squirrel <laughs> woman busted with nearly half a million dollars of cocaine in wheelchair tires. And let me just tell you, you and I back in the day where they were, they being uh, TSA searching old people in wheelchairs. And we're like, really? Do, is that really our yeah. biggest concern is yeah. somebody in a wheelchair? And you're like, you know, yes, here's why. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Emelinda Paulino de Rivas was pulled over by customs. You can be quiet now. Uh, was pulled over. I'm sorry. It's bring your puppy to work day. Uh, he was pulled over by customs officials after they noticed the wheels of her wheelchair were no longer spinning properly. An x-ray <laughs> revealed tubes of cocaine weighing 28 wow. pounds packed inside the chair's tires in the wheels and with an estimated street value of $450,000. Wow. Ms. Derives had arrived at, at JFK in New York on a flight from Punta Cana uh, in her home country of the Dominican Republic and could have gone through security in the loaded wheelchair, but suspicions arose when the chair's wheels began to malfunction and customs <laughs> officers decided to take a closer look. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, Mark, um, again, smuggling drugs is like, yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, she I, would have made it. Yeah. She would have made it, except that they did a sloppy job and her wheels didn't work, mm -hmm. you know. That's the thing. They get so creative. And I just wonder, if you apply this creativity and, uh, you know, dedication to right. doing it legally, you, you realize there are fields that you could excel. I mean, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> just, just apply yeah. your talent for good. Yep. Now, the thing is, this mule, you know, that's what she's actually the mule. She's the low level person. They've got 10 others waiting in line to take her spot. Right. You know, she'll go to jail. She'll roll. If she doesn't roll over on somebody, if mm -hmm. she does roll over, she's still going to prison for a little time. Well, and in, you know, no, in prison, can't. you're sitting in the cafeteria and like you were in the wheelchair, weren't you? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. She can't roll over. Her wheels don't work. But I'm pumped. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark just had the story a few minutes ago about the uh, cocaine smuggler in the wheelchair mm -hmm. you know there was a thing uh, in birmingham it's only been a couple of days ago where um a couple of women were caught using their hair extensions to bring the cocaine to smuggle co did you see that no it was at birmingham shuttleworth uh, is it's what is it yeah, called now? Birmingham Shuttle Shuttle yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the airport. Anyway, the Birmingham airport. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a, uh, a drug career. Okay. Now, um, they get creative with this stuff. All right. They do. And whenever, um, I see an article like this and this is Birmingham. Okay. Um, I've been burned a couple of times thinking, uh, you know, Birmingham, Alabama versus Birmingham, England. Right. And anyway, so I double checked this one, okay, because it yeah, is yeah. Birmingham uh, International Airport, and you're like, but are we sure it was? But yeah, unless I see that Shuttlesworth, I have to dig into the story. But anyway, yeah, using their hair uh, to smuggle the uh, tubes of cocaine, tubes in the wow. hair extensions. That's crazy. I know it is, but it just, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know, man. 
<laughs> no, Cooper, by the way, Mark brought Cooper because Jane's been gone all week. Yeah. And so it's been Mark Congleton being Mr. Single Guy at the yeah. crib all the weekend. And little Cooper, he's the puppy. He just can't be by himself all the time, yeah. man. Yeah, he's he's just he's bored. That's his problem. We're doing this. Bless he's he's bored, so he's talking yeah. to me like I want to play. Yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, hang in there, but next time I'll bring Hank. If we brought Hank and Cooper together, oh you know, my goodness, that would yeah. be fun. That would be a lot he of would, fun. Yeah, Hank would end up with the one paw on his little head. And, yeah, you know, just stay there, boy. That's right. I got you. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Hank, Hank does not tolerate it. You know. Yeah all right so we the, let's see we're okay yeah, anyway what i was saying is that these girls they were smuggling they used their hair extensions yeah, to smuggle crazy. the cocaine and it's like people are getting that that's pretty creative because that's right there on top of their head yeah. you know so, they're so, going through and i thought i thought that would be a difficult thing wow you know to catch yeah because of how people do their hair and stuff now right but um there's actual video and it, you can actually see um the police how they're they're cutting the tubes out of their hair extensions wow and because i was thinking okay in my head i'm trying to picture this i'm going how would you do that you know yeah and you know hide in plain sight thing Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's anyway so it was just really cool to see how creative they got and it goes back to the whole thing look man instead of being you know a criminal and spending all your time figuring out ways to dodge a law how about figure out a way you know that you could be a part of society Mm -hmm. and contribute because chances are if you're this way about doing something illegal, dude, I'm telling you, you can, oh, you could take over. We have an entire generation of young people now that have been raised to complain, expect everything to be handed to them, mm. to not have to work hard, to not have yeah. to show you. And you're applying this to break the law. You can already win in the game of life if yeah. you do it legally. Okay. Yeah. Just saying <laughs> it's crazy, but that's where we are, Mark. It is. I think we probably always have been, but yeah, anyway. I just wonder, you know, when I'm, uh, remember there was a movie, um, in the seventies about, uh, guy, Billy, something or other that was smuggling, uh, hashish from Turkey right. and got yeah. caught. Yes. I do remember that. Okay. Midnight. Midnight Tom Express. Ryan. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Go watch that movie and oh. just think. <laughs> or, or don't with the kids around. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. Wow. It, it, it deals with Turkish prison life yes. and, and, yeah. and the things that happen inside there. It won't. Yeah, there, there, yeah. There's a WNBA player who's experiencing that right now. Uh, there she is. Yeah. She's, she's going to prison. Brittany she's in prison. Griner. Yes. She, and mad about that. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. You the, knew the rules. Yes. You knew the law. You broke and the you law. you broke them. Yeah. Yes. Hello. And now you're in prison in Russia for 10 years and she was sent to a hard labor camp. You yeah. see that? Yeah. <laughs> All I can say is. Here's your sign. <laughs> life radio.fm it is the mark and mac show and hey man southwest airlines pilot yep. hangs from window yeah to res- retrieve passengers lost phone yeah yeah talk mark, about- there's a lot wrong with this story <laughs> yeah there Just is saying. there's a lot okay. wrong with this story but it's an airline story, so it gets its own bumper. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. I love this. I'm so glad you did it. A Southwest Airlines plane's captain and employees went above and beyond and helped retrieve a passenger's cell phone after they left it behind. 
In the short video clip posted by the Dallas-based airline, a, pa- a pilot is sticking out of the cockpit window to grab a phone from a ramp worker after the plane had already left the gate at Long Beach Airport in California. The captain immediately suggested that the ramp agents on the ground try to jump the phone up to him so he could return it to the customer. The rest was captured on video, a spokesperson <laughs> at the airline says. The owner had left the device behind before boarding, and the the plane had already pushed back when a passenger on another flight noticed the phone and alerted ground staff. The gate agents quickly sprang into action. Um, the airline said in a Facebook post, they quickly passed the phone to our ramp agents who jumped it up to, ca- to the captain to get it back to the customer. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It is. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> I just kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a fan of Southwest. I mean, it's kind of Are a you? cattle call airline. I mean, it's first come, first serve. There's no, you know, there's no first class. There's no, you know, there's no assigned seating. It's just, you know, you really? get there. Yeah. And, and so you get in line, you get it. You, whoever gets in line first gets their choice of the primo seats, you know? Wow. But, but uh and the the staff the air staff has a sense of humor you see a mm-hmm. lot of videos on online of of uh flight attendants on southwest doing comedy routines uh huh. to 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 do the belt you know the seat belt thing and all that stuff yeah. they do all crazy stuff and uh there are guys who mm-hmm. who are frustrated stand up comics who are doing impressions and all kinds of stuff and it's <laughs> they actually make flying fun okay i'm so, going to have to look some of that up yeah liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and we have not had a good deer crashing through anything you know story lately uh, that i'm aware of at least right? in the last 24 hours no um okay. <laughs> <laughs> a deer broke into a new york nursing home and was caught in uh, on camera making its way through a physical therapy room hmm uh, bill betts an employee at wells nursing home in johnstown captured video monday um, the video ma- in, that made its way in, let's say, hang on a second here. This hmm. doesn't make any sense. Let's back up and regroup. Yes. Uh, yes. we had the intern writing this one. Yes. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, the, the deer, the captured, the captured video of the deer made its with, uh, making its way to the physical therapy room and exploring, then crashing out of the building through a window. Exploring. Wow, I think somebody just gave up on this story they and just started really, adding words. You know what's crazy is this happens, and you know this like I do, because yes. you, you scrub news stories uh-huh. all day long. Yes. The people people who should be editing, you know what I mean? <laughs> Editors, guys who guys who run the news desk and they, they uh-huh. read over a story and say, Nope, go back and fix it. Red you know, yep. they, they redline it, fix that. That's all wrong. Uh-huh. That doesn't exist anymore. Nope. It just doesn't. It's not just grammar, spelling, whatever. Some of it's just like that paragraph is just nonsense. Right. It makes no sense yeah. at all. Anyway, Administrator Neil Van Slyke said the deer had entered through another building and was inside for about 10 minutes. Van Slyke said the deer didn't appear to have any serious injuries and fled into the woods. He said there was. Well, then very- why was he in the rehabilitation room? Mark? I don't he had no injuries. Know. What's wrong with this? I, I have the same <laughs> questions. He said there was very little damage to the building aside from the two broken windows. Well, that's. Well, there you go. Yeah. A yeah. Wisconsin couple found they weren't quite as lucky when a deer crashed into their West Alice home through a glass door. Sue and Richard Sujeki said the deer was trapped inside the house for about three hours before wow. being escorted out by state wardens. The Sujeki said the deer caused extensive damage to their home while searching for an exit. 
Wow. Yeah, if that had been in Alabama, he would have been escorted out of the room by a thirty out six. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that deer's name would have been Chili. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show, and I, I'm in holiday mode, Mark. I don't I know. know if you are or not, but I yeah. am. I have I have checked out. <laughs> I realized it a little while ago that you know it's normally you know I'm pretty intense and in just figuring out what I got going on. I'm always planning. I got this timetable, that one. You know, I, I know where I got to be. Right. Yeah. But today, I'm not kidding. I've been just sitting here going. Yeah, I wonder if there's a video of this on YouTube, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, the and, thing is, you're usually very busy, and we don't talk about it much, but yeah. the work that you do for the Nancy Grace, you know, shows wherever they happen to be, the research mm-hmm. and the development, yeah. the stuff that you do for them, yeah. I mean, keeps you very, very busy. You put yeah. in some long hours doing that, and now we've hit mm-hmm. this holiday week, right? So, right. so, so whatever you see from Nancy Grace next week has come. It's been in the can for a few days. Let's just yeah. say that. Right. And it's being so, updated by me, but that's right. You know. Yeah. So, but yeah. the thing is that for the next week, all the, the pressure of all the live shows, get it done, get mm-hmm. it done, get it done. And, and the scramble you've mm-hmm. been through here in the recent few days where, oh, where wow, this week is right. going to be off where, so we got to do all this stuff yeah. in advance on top of all the live right. stuff, you know, the, so, so now you've just worked yourself silly. And then there's a week. Of, it's like, it's like driving towards the cliff and then, <sighs> You're hanging in the air because there's nothing happening, you know? Right. And But the thing is, there's all these other things that I also have to do that I've been doing either late at night or early in the morning. And then, by the way, I do own a home that needs some repairs to be done (laughs) that I'm not paying for it. You know, I just can't. And I know you're the same way, but it's like, I can't pay for this when I know I can do it. You know, it's just... I just can't. I, it's yeah. like I feel like I'm less than a man. I'm feeling like if I call somebody, Lazana's going to look at me like, "What did I do? I married this." You know, that's what I'm going to be thinking. So, anyway, there's a bunch to do, but it is kind of like that that hitting of the bump of going, "Wait a minute, okay." So Thanksgiving next week, and mm, then yeah, I love the Christmas, love the decorations at the house. Yeah, I I enjoy this it just this reminds me of my mom and how much she enjoyed christmas you know and when you grow up where you're not financially as gifted as well off as others you know it's it's a you don't know it really but growing up the way i did christmas was a big deal yeah. we did get really cool stuff for christmas oh yeah and you know even though we knew we were not as i mean again you only know what you know mm-hmm. and so I look at our Christmas and they were just like everybody else's, you know, we had one big thing and a bunch of other little things. And it was always, I never could figure it out. How did my parents pull this off kind of thing? Mm. But it was always fun. Yeah, man. I, I just, mm. and I hate that for little kids now, Mark, they don't have what we had. I, yeah. My mom and I were looking through pictures a couple of weeks ago. I went to take her out to lunch and to go get some groceries and such. And she had pulled out this box of old photographs and part of it was Christmas photos. And, right. and it always, we always had Christmas down in Evergreen, Alabama at my grandmother's farmhouse. And, uh, I mean the, the heat in the house was fireplaces. Okay. Right. And she had some, uh, like, like liquid propane, liquid butane heaters in the, there was one in the kitchen and one in the bathroom. And, mm-hmm. and that was the heat in the house. I remember her getting us, my mom getting us up and wrapping us in blankets and shuffling us off to the kitchen as fast as possible. And that's where we got dressed in the morning because the whole, the whole right. house is cold until my dad built a fire yeah. in the fireplace. Right. right. 
and uh, and the the Christmas tree, we'd go out, actually go out in the woods on the farm and cut a tree. And <laughs> wow. I mean, it sounds like I, you know, my next door neighbor was Abe Lincoln, but no, it wasn't that yeah. long ago. <laughs> it just, it really wasn't right. that long ago. And, right. um, and the big lights, the big C, C3, the big, you know, those great big light yeah. bulbs. Uh, those yeah. were the Christmas lights on the tree. And right. uh, you could touch, you, you'd burn yourself if you touched them. And I just, but we had great Christmases. We just mm-hmm. had great Christmases. We really did. Right. And it's really different now than it used to be. It is. Very. I think, you know, a lot of it, I really do believe that it is, we're in a different world where yeah. when we were brought up, um, it was just different. You didn't, uh, children didn't get stuff all year long unless mm. it was out of necessity. You, you had yeah. your birthday and Christmas and you didn't get toys and such, uh, during the course of the year, unless it was as a reward for something usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now there was always the spoiled kid that you'd sure. see crying. I want this, and mom yeah. buying it. You know, just yeah. give him the hush. And but, they were birthdays, but birthdays were minor yeah. league compared to Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. There was so much focus on mm-hmm. Christmas and that, and what. That's yeah. one of the things that that movie Christmas Story. That's what gets you because he's he is so focused yeah. on what he wants for Christmas because that's the big day. That's right. That's the treasure trove. Right. Yep. It really is. And and we talked about this. I think last week the Sears the Sears catalog. Yeah. Where, yeah. I mean, they, and they called it the wish book. Yeah. Remember, they called yeah, it the I wish remember. book. I remember. You're right. And yeah. they, and kids would sit there and just wear that catalog out, looking at the toys and the things that Man. they wanted. And that then and then cool. then Christmas morning, get the Japanese knockoff versions. I don't. Yeah. Mean, that's but the thing is, kids but, don't have that now. They don't no, have they don't, that yeah. going. You know, going to bed early, see, because if you just go to sleep, you'll wake up and it'll be Christmas. I mean, they don't have that, and yeah. I, I, and that's sad that because we had that. Yes, yeah. and that's true. I I don't. They just don't anymore. I mean, so I feel like there's got to be a way to bring that back. I don't know what it is, but mm. I just, I just don't, I, I hate the fact they don't get to enjoy that because that was so much fun. Yeah. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And I, you know, I saw this story in the uh, prep yesterday when you sent it yeah. and um, like an idiot, you know. <laughs> I read it and I started thinking about it because, uh, <laughs> again, it just, I, I didn't want to freak out when we had it, but I, the heights just really get me. And yeah. I know, I'm so thankful that we have people that can do amazing things. I am. I think it's really good that you can do something and you develop it into a skill that you can set a world record or whatever. But, mm. dude, a slack liner, yeah. okay? Walking between two hot air balloons. <laughs> I can't even hardly say it. <laughs> I know. And you, know, you know, the thing is that they've got safety, you know, they've got safety gear, you know, they have a, a, a strap around their waist and it's, ta- they've got yeah. a cable that comes down and it attaches to whatever they're walking on. Right. So, so if they fall, they're going to hang from, right. from that, but you're still, oh. you're still thousands of yeah. feet in the air. An accomplished slackliner showed mm. off his balance skills by taking a walk on a line suspended between two hot air balloons over his Brazilian hometown. <clears throat> Rafael Bridi, who previously earned the Guinness World Record for the highest slack line walk when he crossed between two balloons 6,236 <sighs> feet over the Praia Grande in Santa Catarina, Brazil, replicated his stunt over the city of Florianopolis in, uh, to honor his hometown. The stunt was sponsored by the camera comp- company Insta360, which posted video of the slackline walk to YouTube. Brady says the sky over fin- uh, Florianopolis provided optimal conditions for the dizzying feat. Quote, 
The location we chose provides very good conditions for flying balloons, and we have all these pilots here doing unique flights, going over canyons above the clouds. Together with my production crew, I think we created a dream team. Wow. No, a dream for him, nightmare for you, though. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm just, even, I had to turn away. I, I'm, uh, I, even though I know they've got cables and stuff and all mm-hmm. that, it's still, it is something that um, I just cannot do. And again, you know, I've told you before, being afraid of heights is not like I'm, you know, I I don't even know how to explain it. You know, irrational. I don't know. There was a day when the guys doing wing walking, that was yeah. the biggest daredevil thing you could possibly think about doing, you know, right. standing up on the wing of an airplane. Of course, they've mm-hmm. got a frame they're leaned against and yeah. most times they're strapped into, but still <laughs> come on. And there are people yeah. who used to, they would, they would move from one plane to another in midair yeah. across the wings. Right. That's pretty crazy stuff. But. 6,000 feet in the air on a little tiny right. one inch wide strap between <sighs> two. That's not even tight between two hot right. air balloons. That's yep. just crazy. Even though you've got a cable you yeah. know, that if you slip, you, you know, the thing is though, you're going to be dangling there until yeah. they can get you down yeah. and then they're going to have to lower you. And you know, Oh, uh-huh. it just, I wonder if he's again, I, it, uh-huh. you know, I just can't just no, no. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and mark you know (laughs) i think i'm trying to remember but i think you made a comment about something like this back around 2003 or 4 okay (laughs) yeah about um meat being grown in a lab yeah um and being that it would get fda approval you know Mm -hmm. so you can make up your own meat kind of thing and yeah i remember thinking at the time yeah but who would want to eat it? You know, that'd right. be the thing. It's not just that you can, but so here we are. Yeah. We have the, the, the roads have met. Mm-hmm. We have the beyond meat hamburgers, the, you know, the, and we, they're making beyond chicken, I think now. And they're making, you, you see hot dogs and sausage and all kinds of stuff. Well, now, well, now they've always been behind beyond yeah, meat. Know, you know? That's right. <laughs> you hot, hot dogs dog have always been beyond yeah. anything meat. If, if the hot dog wasn't bad enough, we got you the Vienna sausage. You oh know? my and goodness. If that's not enough, we mush those up and it becomes potted, potted meat. meat. Yes. There you go. Well, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has given a safety clearance to lab grown meat for the first time. Upside Foods. There's an upside to this. A California-based company that makes meat from cultured chicken cells will be able to begin selling its products once its facilities have been inspected by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The agency uh, said it had, it had evaluated the information subs, uh, submitted by US, uh, Upside Foods, and it had no further questions at this time about the firm's safety conclusion. Advancements in cell culture technology are enabling food developers to use animal cells obtained from livestock, poultry, and seafood in the production of foods, with these products expected to be ready for the U.S. market in the near future, says Dr. Nice. Robert M. Califf, mm-hmm. the FDA's Commissioner of Food and Drugs, and Susan T. Main, director of the FDA's Center for Food Safety and Applied yeah. Nutrition, uh, in a statement. Wow. Yes. Um, Silent well, Green is people. There you go. That's <laughs> this is ridiculous. It man. is. <laughs> You're making it from a chicken cell. If it's a chicken cell, okay. If that's yeah. what it be, then it's a chicken. Yeah. There you go. Eat the real thing. Yeah, you might as well. They, what are you trying to do? Eliminate farming? Oh yeah. 
Wow. I don't know if, um, okay, I don't want it. I, I just don't. I, no. I'm good with chicken. No. I don't, you know, I'll pull the feathers off. I'm good. You know, it used to be a thing, um, and it was kind of a joke for a while that, uh, that in the future that all food would be in pills, you know? Right. And it was, it was kind of a gag. In the year 2525. <laughs> yeah. Zegarin Evans. I think pills are a lot more appealing than this idea. Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.